I'm Gab, he's Jules. Blue skies over West London. Jules, we have a full show today once again because things are happening everywhere. Bayern dropping points, Barcelona stomping all over, Osasuna, uh, Inter dropping points, Milan pulling ahead. Um, But we're gonna start at Old Trafford, at the Theater of Dreams, one of the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. No, Cristiano, uh, Cristiano. It's you, it's you we're talking about. Tom Brady's also one of the goats, yeah, as yeah. you pointed out. But I want to start with something non-football here because you spent a tiny bit of time with Tom. I want to see if these things are in sequence, right? So yeah. Tom Brady basically says he's retiring from football. Yeah. He goes to Old Trafford. Yeah. He sees Cristiano Ronaldo score a hat-trick. At he says, 37. At 37. Yeah. He says, oh, this young gup gun, hold my beer. He's yeah. not sure if he's going to come back to football. Then he meets up with you after yeah. the game. Yeah. And like an hour later, a couple hours yeah. later, goes and announces that He's going to be back for another season, for his 23rd NFL season. Exactly. That's so exactly that. He, he wanted a photo with me. I said, okay, Tommy, I don't have much time because I had to drive back to London after the game. But I said, Let, let's go. I took a few of my friends. We took a lovely photo. He shook my hands and he's got a huge hand. Uh, it was great. And then I guess maybe a goat inspires another goat. And he's thinking, do you know what? I'm 44. Yeah. He's 37. Wait. You're Maybe. 37. Wait, are you go to try? No, wait, I, are you, are you, I, th- I thought you were the no, one inspiring Grady to continue. Cristiano. Oh, I see. I see. I got gotcha. you. Well, look, it finished three two. Cristiano, when he writes those scripts, right? I'm thinking back at the World Cup with like the the I think was it was it was it against Spain, Spain with like the, the dramatic. Yeah. Yes, I was there. I should have remembered, but I've been to so many games, I forget. Here in this one, you know, he's away. He's, Portugal, the hip flexor, murmur, murmur, murmur. People are already writing things about, oh, let's talk about United's demise and other wasted season, blah, blah, blah. What do they do with Cristiano? Dude comes back, scores a hat trick, could have had more. Mm -hmm. The individual quality of the goals, even the the, the easy ones, kind of the the tap in, the the movement. Yeah. Okay, I'm hesitant to say he wanted to make a statement because I kind of assume Cristiano wants to make a statement every game. But it was a statement, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a big statement. And I spoke to Paul Pogba. I had a lovely chat with Paul Pogba after the game. And he said, you know why? He said, keep... By the keep, way, why did he shave his head? He said, new... Is this said, the old... Because all, I like to see this. This is all business, Paul Pogba. No, no, no. Oh, maybe it's all business. Like, okay, I mean, like, serious moods here. Or I think he, he said to me, I just wanted to change. So, fair enough. Um, he realizes now he can't just... Like, he's got to wait for it to grow back. Well, next yeah, time he course. wants another change. But, yeah, right, but, okay. you know, still... Uh, and he said, you know what, keep criticizing him. Keep, keep talking badly about him. Take, put dirt on him, on his name, all of that. Because when you do, as in you, not me, but you, the media in general, you know, everyone, then he comes back with a game like this. And he said, I, could t- he said, I knew, Pogba said, I knew before the game. I didn't know he would score a hat-trick and we would win such a huge game, but I knew he was going to score. I knew how good he was. He said you could see in his eyes, you could see in his attitude, the way he was talking before the game. And almost like, nothing to prove because it's Cristiano, but maybe there was a bit of a chip on his shoulder saying like, oh, okay, you said I got the critics and I got this and I got that. Okay, I'm going to show you now. And you're right, he could have had more. I mean, the defending by Spurs was, was terrible on all three goals, really. But still, you had to score them. The, 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 the strike on the right, first we're goal gonna, was amazing. We're going to parse some of those goals because I disagree with you a little bit about the, about the defending on all three goals. Well, uh, which one? Because I would like to give some credit to, to Cristiano. For what? For Listen, what? The one where he's like seven yards outside the box and... I, I hear on television, oh, I, I, I forget, was it, was it Kulusevsky was in front of him or whoever it was, he needs to shut him down quicker? Yeah, Dyer. Dyer is waiting, waiting, waiting. Come on. Okay. But it's a great if, shot. If but you step to him, he's going to run past you. You're 40 yards out. He's not going to run past you. Okay, but you're 40 yards out, right? Like, you shouldn't be scoring from that far he's away. He's not 40 30 yards. Yard, 30 yards, whatever it is. Well, less when than you are, When you are that far outside the box, when there's so many bodies there... I, I don't know. I, I think sometimes you can just take a step yeah, back and say that was a tremendous strike. It was a great strike, but Dyer cannot let him have all this time and space when all Dyer has to do as a sweeper as well, it's not he defending back four, he's in the back five, just step in and close him down. He can still score, he can, but at least he wouldn't have a shot on his own like this. And you're going to have a go at Romero as well for the fact that Cristiano jumped on his head, yeah? With Doherty, I think it was more that was marking him on was that it? corner. It's ridiculous. I mean, United well, scored did, one goal, one goal 
on corner all season on like 150 <laughs> corners and then that one but it's great the, the the other two big chances he had the um, the pointed one you know the, the toes the toes shot and then the other one on the counter it's great I'm not taking anything away from Cristiano I'm just saying that the Spurs defending was not very good not good enough alright let's talk about the Cristiano moments in this because I mean so much has, has been said about it about him over the years that it's hard to necessarily say something new but so I just have to ask you, I think it was such a multifaceted attacking performance. Like, we know he can strike mm. the ball. We know he can leap. We know he's a tremendous header. We know that he can read the game very well and get himself into yeah. positions. And I think we saw those three aspects, which, if you will, are probably the three fundamental aspects to goal score. Yeah. We also saw some very good strikes and moves that did not result in a goal from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which which one was your favorite? You know, I'm going to pick something a little bit different, but... I think maybe for the first time this season, I've seen him more involved in the build-up play than at any time, which I think was a bit of a criticism of earlier this season, in the sense that he dropped and you could, you could play him the ball with his back to goal and he would, he would let it off or he would, he would play the little one-two, the extra touch. Sometimes he lost the ball, but he was far more involved in that link-up play, build-up play than usual when he's just waiting for the cross to come into the box or for the ball to go over the top for him to run into or something like this. And I love that. And I, and I really, maybe because he wanted to, you know, to have a great game and a great performance and he knew it, maybe it's because he knew that he hadn't done it enough before. Or I'm not sure, but I saw I saw that side of him, and I was like, okay, yeah. And I was next ne sat next to um, John O'Shea, who was the sort of like a Premier League ambassador for the game, did a lot of interviews before. And it's exactly, former Reading assistant yeah, coach exactly, John O'Shea exactly, as well, our John producer O'Shea, Freddie, Reading, of course, a big club. Reading fan. Yeah, yeah, it's huge, yeah. Uh, and and we we both picked it up, and I think that was great. And the rest, of course, the top hook shot that you received in the second half, the one-two with Dalot is great. Um, all of that. But yeah, I, I love the fact that he got more involved into that build-up play. What about you? I was, I, for me, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the header simply because of the, just the raw athleticism mm. and leaping thing. And, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like a biomechanics physics expert, as you can, I can imagine. But, you know, as you get older, you lose things, right? I would have thought you would lose some of your, Leaping ability, no matter how fit you are. Right? We talk about how you know you lose your raw pace, your stamina, whatever. Yeah. It just happens, right? But to be able to do that, I, I think between this, some of the goals he scored when he was at Juve, it seems like he jumps higher now that he's older than yeah, he did when he was younger. Yeah, yeah. Whether that's timing, whether that's specific training, I, I, I'm, I'm going to pick that one. But there's so many you could choose. I mean, the movement as well for it the was goal, an amazing like, especially um, with the record as well. You know, I mean, whether you believe in the Joseph Bican record or the Pele record or whatever record right. you want. It's still incredible just to think that the guy has got 807 goals in his whole career. I mean, 807. Yeah. Let's stick to the 807 and let's ignore the record. I've written about this before. This record is stupid. It's made up. The, the, the reality is poor Bican played during the war. We're, we're comparing apples yeah, and oranges. It doesn't right? matter. It's no, just the sheer no, know, amount of... It's the 807, which, yeah. is, which is relevant, not the record. For me, Cristiano had the record a long time ago. Yeah. In fact, for me, and I say this with the greatest of respect to Bican, you can only beat what's in front of you I mean people have gone through that forensically and said alright yeah, yeah. you know this is it is bit, it is it you know, was I, you know. You know, for, for me like you know Kylian Mbappe is about to beat Pecan's goal too right <laughs> oh, um, I wish it's interesting with the dropping deeper because I was reading Slatan Ibrahimovic's book um, where he talked about sort of his evolving role as he gets older and mm. stuff like that and Slatan says, well, I'm still more talented than anybody else on my team. Of course. Which, of course, he would say. Yeah. But Cristiano could probably also fairly say that. And so maybe there's different ways that I can help. And so the idea of dropping, creating something for the front three to think about, mm -hmm. even if it means sacrificing goals, because obviously yeah. if Cristiano drops, he's not going to be exactly. closer to the area and it's going to take him longer to get there. Um, it, it does throw a bit of a curve into the mix. And, and I'm wondering whether... I'm wondering whether you know this could be another evolution for him should he choose to but do then it. I'm not sure if physically he can because in the second half when Spurs clearly had a bit more control of that game and were the better team in that second half without a doubt Cristiano did it less as well because I think physically he could not drop and then have the energy to once to you drop yeah you have to run the 30 right. yards that you've just dropped to play the ball and be involved that's in the why to be in the box if you do that you make allowances right so then you have Sancho and Rashford do the running for him 
Yeah. So that uh, he doesn't have to present himself in the box as often. He can take his time getting back up to the front line. True. Or you bring another striker and Cavani does the drop or whoever else right. and then Cristiano can step. But yeah, it's something to manage because I don't think he can do it for the whole 90 minutes. Bruno Fernandes wasn't playing in this game. Um, he was un- unwell, yeah. He was unwell. Unwell, yeah. I wonder if he has COVID. We don't know. They have, United haven't confirmed that. They haven't. They, no, because they... Okay. Because, yeah. oh, yeah, G, very important GDP, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Oh, we have to I think we know what it is, you know, but, right. yeah. But, um, whatever it is, you know, people have turned this into our United a better footballing side, you know, with or without Cristiano. I'm wondering about, we've talked all along about sort of Bruno with Cristiano mm-hmm. and the wingers and how everything fits together. I thought they did pretty well without him. Mm-hmm. I thought Pogba had more responsibility yeah. in the building. Um, I thought Cristiano had those that, that dropping back had those spaces to run into. Is there something to that? We're in certain situations. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did think the same watching the game, especially the first half, where I thought they were really good. Uh, and then I think that also gives Fred more freedom. I and mean, Fred has been great since Rangnick arrived. Apart from Cristiano, I thought he was the best player in that in that game on Saturday. But also because. If you look at the flick that Fred does on the first goal, which is an amazing piece of skill, really, because he's so bent on coming, he knew exactly where Cristiano was, and it's, it's an assist, and now he's got more assists than Kevin De Bruyne, for example. But Fred is not in that... Is, I don't think Fred is in that position at that time if Bruno is on the pitch. And I do think that with Bruno there... And Bruno is great. It's, not, it's nothing to do with Bruno's talents. It's just that I think Fred could thrive even more with more space, with this ability he could have to, to, ju- to just have this big activity where he's a bit everywhere on the edge of the opposition box, on the edge of his box, like he was a lot and running a lot and not be restricted in a way by the positioning of others in his area or other, you know, other part of the pitch. And I think it could be similar for Paul as well. So I, I don't know if the answer is not to play Bruno. If Cristiano is better with... with the two wingers and then Pogba and Fred a bit a bit more free with a bit more freedom or it's with Bruno behind as a 10 but I don't think you would get as much from Fred as you had on Saturday with Bruno there I don't know it's a it's a tricky one um speaking of Pogba just quickly you caught up with him afterwards what is your sense uh because this guy who I have to say I was unfamiliar with coach mm. Maddie. As, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, who is this guy? Could you tell yeah, us? He's a guy this? who works. Yeah, he was a guy who knows all the Pogba brothers really well. Is he French? Uh, yeah, he speaks French. And so he came out and he spoke very. He spoke to some websites in Italy very freely, yeah, saying like, "Oh, Pogba wants to go to Paris Saint Germain. Blah blah blah. He can help. Otherwise, Juve." I, I always think it's fun. Obviously, he knows Pogba very well. Mm. I don't think this is part of some big media strategy by Pogba's camp. This is just a guy talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Just just wanted to... Yeah, but what he said to me on the interview after the game... Coach Maddie or Pogba? No, Pogba. He said, listen... (laughs) You you weren't given access to Coach Maddie. No, no, Coach Maddie, yeah. But no, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm I'm still hoping. Uh, I think the the next manager for United could also have a big influence on what Pogba does. Imagine Ten Hag comes in and said, yeah, I want Pogba to play like Gravenberg now for me at Ajax, and I want to keep him. That could be key. If the new guy, if his posh coming in and say, no, I don't want you here, I don't need you, and I'm going to invest money and sign Gravenberg, then, then, you know, do you see what I mean? Right. So he was saying, like, the next coach will also have a bit of an influence. I said, right now, I'm focusing on the pitch, blah, 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 you know, the usual stuff. Of course. Um, oh, word on Maguire before we get the Spurs. Um, in the end, United win 3-2. Spurs' goal, we're talking penalty, and a Maguire on goal. It seems so almost... relieved. <laughs> he was so relieved after that third goal. Are you going to uh, have a go at Maguire for the own goal? Or is that just unlucky? Well, if he scores that own goal, it's because he's late, right? To the ball. <laughs> if he's not late to the ball, he, he tackles it and the ball goes out for a corner. Or... So, so you were cheering Christian Romero on when he I wasn't, but you know, after. I saw the trolling straight away. Because <laughs> where I was sat, it was on the, the side where that goal happened. And straight away, I saw Romero shouting in his face. And I was like, this is, and I said to Oshe, surely this is, not, this is not cool, is it? And he was like, oh, that's not classy, you know, with his Irish accent. It's not classy, it's not classy. I was like, yeah. And then Karma obviously came back and, you know. I, I have no problem with it. Whatsoever. No, me neither. If you're going to go. I can see why people don't like it. If you want to talk some smack, that's fine. No, but the thing is, I'm not sure how much Maguire threw Romero before. That's the thing. Why did Romero pick on. Like, why. 
Well, but if, you have beef, okay. if you had beef with the guy before and he's caused an ongo, then you go and well, troll him. Maybe he doesn't have beef with him, but maybe Romero simply thinks, okay, when I look at these United players, whose head can I get in on? Is it the yeah, guy yeah, who's enough. being compared to Phil Jones, who's, who's made mistakes and so on? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So let me get into yeah, why. Sure, I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I don't think, I think it has to fit your personality to behave that way. Yeah, but and if I Cristiano think, scores that own goal, Romero doesn't shine his face. <laughs> well, no, you would not think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wouldn't think so either. <laughs> I, yeah, I, th- I think we can safely say that. All right, on to Spurs, because they've had the ups and downs. Um, they showed a reaction in the second half. It was mm-hmm. good, but you're still going to be critical of their defender. No, no. <laughs> Lloris even himself said it after in the interview we did for French TV. He said, "Listen, we're going to look back at those three goals, and we're going to be disappointed by the defending, the header, the tap-in because the line Sancho should be offside. Really, the line, the line on that Matich ball is is wrong." The and line is wrong, and then I still don't see. I mean, yeah, nice movement. Yeah, yeah, the lack of reaction, of course. Be, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the first goal. I'm sorry. I, like, I can't believe you, as an Italian, don't understand that Dyer has to close him down, even if it's, even if you force Cristiano to take an extra touch to try to dribble past you. That, that's time that he loses. Instead, it's a, it's the, it's the highway. And say, oh, go on, shoot, my friend. Let's see if you can score in the top corner. And of course, he does. Which not, of course, it no, is no, a low percentage shot. It's Cristiano we're talking here. How many goals like this has they, he scored? I, I don't know if Dyer forgot who it was. That, you know, <laughs> no, hey, no, look, no. That's not McTominay. That's Cristiano. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they don't look like it. But saying that, I thought I agree with you. There was a lot of positive. That, the, the way they controlled that second half was really impressive. The way they came back in the game twice, you know, is impressive. I thought Kulusevski was superb. Really, he set he, he set it up for for Son so well in that second half. Son should have scored, and and they had a lot of really a lot of good things. For for a team that is still a bit limited in terms of talent, right? We we have to. Well, Conte would say that. Yeah. yeah, and Conte was not happy with the conceding again on set pieces, which is right. That corner at two two, this is a game that you should close out, take a point, but you can't concede a goal like this on a header for, against a team again like United, who scored one goal on a corner whole season before that. This is not acceptable. Are you surprised a little bit by Kulusevski's impact? Bentancourt, I expected him to hit the ground running because you know he's he's tough and he's a midfielder. It's he an just easier adjustment as well, you know, because he's played the same position broadly yeah. through. Yeah. But for Kulusevski, I was I'm amazed how good he's been straight away, pretty much. And I know he speaks the language, which helps, of course. But still, I, I just I like everything he does. I I was watching also because he's my fantasy team, so I wanted him Correct. to do well on Saturday. So I, I looked at him a lot, but everything he did it perfectly. The switch, the uh, the overlapping, when to pass the ball, when to cross, when to shoot. A lot of the things he was was, was so, um, yeah, so precise, so good, the right the right call, the right shots for such a young player. I was amazed by his decision-making. Yeah, I think that's the thing that stood out, because obviously Kulusevski will to borrow an NBA term, will present matchup problems, right? Because mm. he has that he has that frame, he has a quickness, he can dribble, he's direct, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the fact that he's played so many different positions at Juve, it was almost like the sense that, I'm sure he learned a lot when he was there, but we never really saw it. Yeah. People are saying like, oh, look, you know, his decision-making, he needs to grow, blah, blah, blah. Here, it seems that, I mean, I don't know if Conte just spends... You know, Maybe after training like another yeah. two hours with him, yeah, making yeah. him run around an empty field, like moving from <laughs> here to there. Um, you know, that, that's what Arigo Saki used to do. You know, Arigo Saki, the great Milan yeah, manager, yeah. Arigo Saki would be like, okay, I am the ball. And if I run here, what do you guys do? And they all move. Yeah. And if I run here, what do you do? What, you know, like I, I could see Conte doing something mad like that. But um, yeah, I, I, think, I think he's certainly surpassed my expectations thus Clearly. far and it should be a case of somebody who really grows with with Conte yeah there's still a ton of work for Spurs to do what do we think in terms of both these teams finishing top four because Arsenal obviously one point ahead of um ahead of United Arsenal do have those three games in hand yeah but you but know those three games who? are against Chelsea yeah. and Spurs away and Liverpool at home yeah. so it's entirely possible to get zero points. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not, and very hard to get nine. Um, yeah, I don't think they're getting nine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that yeah. would be, you know, then it would be incredible. You can give Arteta the, the, the prize no, right possible, there. it's possible, but it's yeah, yeah. it's tough. Um, they're still in the running, but where's your? I mean, I what think, vibe are you getting? I think Spurs needs to win pretty much every single game between now and the, 
and the end of the season. So they're remaining 10 or I don't know. They, Spurs have played one more game than Arsenal. Yeah, 27 they are on. So there's 11 games to go. I think, but it's not just Arsenal. They have to overtake Wolves as well and West Ham and United and Arsenal to finish fourth. And I think, I think that's a hell of a task. Not so much in terms of points, but making sure that you just overtake all those teams in your yeah, and then none of those teams get hot at the wrong time because obviously that yeah, would, exactly. uh, so that would mess winning you every up. single game that's pretty much what Hugo said after the game as well for United it's a little bit different because they they you know they they're ahead of of, of United um, of, of Spurs I still think Arsenal will have the most momentum going and also again don't play in Europe I know Spurs don't play in Europe but if United beat Atletico or qualify against Atletico uh, on, on Tuesday night, then it's an extra run into the Champions League, two more games with the travelling, with the this, with the that. And, and I think that would play into, into Arsenal's hands for sure. Same with West Ham, for example, in the Europa League, if they, if they beat Sevilla, all of that I think counts now. So we'll have to see. All right, I'm going to close out on a Cristiano thought because obviously, you know, United will have to make a decision on Cristiano. He has another year after this one. The, the this popular idea that you know well they're a better footballing team without him because he's difficult to integrate and whatever to me that is the single biggest call the new manager will have to make mm. and if i were in that room with fletcher and mercha and Phelan and arnold. these other people squirreling around well arnold i like to arnold arnold the indication so far has been positive from the Good. united nerds who follow the club yeah, yeah. inside out and stuff they all say, oh, no, I'm, he I'm knows glad. his limits. Okay. He doesn't get involved, right? But then okay. my first question is, you know, interview, what do you do with Cristiano? What is your plan? Yeah, but if the, if the new guy, Poch or Ten Hag or whoever, says, okay, I want him out, the, will any of those guys you've just mentioned, including your friend Richie, go in and say to Cristiano and George Mendes, uh, you know what, we don't so, want you here. I think there's different ways to do that if this is what, what they want to do. And first, first of all, for somebody to say, I want him out, you know, you say, well, it's going to be difficult. That might disqualify you because obviously Cristiano brings a bunch of stuff to the club, which if he's gone, would be there. But it's one thing to go to Mendes and say, hey, if Cristiano doesn't want to come back next year because he doesn't want to be part of the 10 billion three build because it's Manchester, because blah, blah, blah. Because he wants to focus on World Cup, plus he wants to go to Paris Saint Germain, for well, example, sporting. team up with Messi. You know, sporting. No, I like the idea of him to be on with Messi more, but whatever. Um, you know, hey, if you have a way out, consider it. Yeah. Otherwise, come back and let's let, let's grow together. You know, there's ways of doing that. Mendes yeah, is a yeah, grown up. Cristiano's a grown Cristiano up as well. As well. Cristiano would know. Um, so there is there is a way to do that. But, but for me, this is the single most important thing because what we're seeing right now is still that. Cristiano, Cristiano keeps this team afloat. Like the hair keep, keeps this team afloat. Yeah, right? yeah, but you can also see this it, team sinks. Do you think Magnik would have liked to press this Spurs team far higher? Yes, far more intensely well, on the Saturday. Thing. That's the thing. I think Rangnick took the job because, hey, I'm not getting any younger. It's Old Trafford. When am I, when am I ever going to have this other opportunity, True. right? But Rangnick also knew from day one it's going to be really difficult to play the football he wanted to play with Cristiano. Yeah. So, you know, I, th I think you could easily see the new manager coming in and say, listen, Cristiano is amazing and he's the GOAT and he's this, he's that, but it's not going to work out here. And, I, and I, I don't know if any manager they will interview will say, oh, yeah, yeah, he's going to start every single game for me because... Well, but that's that's when you learn a lot about a manager is how they answer that question. You yeah, want yeah, them I to either be creative and come up with a solution that involves Cristiano or you want him to be you want him to be honest and say, we'll use him in certain situations or, well, you know, obviously I'm not going to say no to Cristiano, but I'd rather move him on. You want somebody to, yeah, 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 to yeah. I think, and I think right, you can really learn a lot yeah, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from that. Yeah. And by the way, in saying this, I, those people who say, how can Cristiano ever be a problem for a team? Okay, you guys are Muppets. You guys are really <laughs> are Muppets because they're two different things. The football side and yeah. bringing in a fancy manager yeah. who's got a strong identity. You know, otherwise, if you think Cristiano's more important, and he may well be more important, you know, maybe Eric Ten Hag or Pochettino, maybe they can't do any more with this team than what Cristiano does yeah. with his team, yeah, right? Yeah. That's true. But it is a question that I think you have to ask out of respect for Cristiano, first yeah, yeah, and yeah. foremost. Yeah, yeah. And sure. as well also about your books and your football club. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough Brady and enough Cristiano. How about some quick hits? Let's go, Gab. Jules, I'm very sorry we have to do this, but we have to start okay. with Paris Saint-Germain. It's okay. 3-0 win at home over Bordeaux, but no love for anyone not named Killian on Saturday. That's right, booze and whistling for Messi and Neymar and everybody else apart from Killian, you said. For and Leonardo, Leonardo and Nasser. Leonardo and Nasser Khalifi, some banners. Where were the ultras? From the ultras, yeah, they wanted to bring... Uh, they came in late, didn't they? Yeah, and they wanted to bring toilet paper in to throw on the pitch, uh, which they were not allowed to. There's still some that came in. Uh, they left the first half early uh, as a protest as well. So all sorts of things on Monday morning, well, in the night from Sunday to Monday. Uh, there were graffitis made at the training ground and the Paris de Prince insulting the players, asking for Messi to go and Nasser to go as well, leave the club, all of that. Um, this is not, we don't want to see this. It's the reaction from obviously the, the defeat in Madrid. Uh, it's not targeting at Messi himself. It's, it's whoever is playing. Marcotti could have, you would have played on me. We would have been booed as well. It's not just. I might that. have put in more effort, but. But, and and I can understand. I think it went too far in the sense that okay, you do it for a little bit and then it stops. You know, you you insert Neymar through the whole game, pretty much. You know, calling him a son of a, of a something. I don't know. I, I thought it went far. I know them too well. And that's this is what they do. I will always remember. Taking my wife to a game when we first dated, right? And it was a border game as well. And she walked in and they, they were protesting, so they were quiet. The two sets of ultras. And she was like, why is no one singing? Why are they not singing? And I said, well, this is what we do. So I understand this tension, yeah. the frustration and all of that, right? For those who don't know, this is a cultural thing, right? In France, like in Italy, like in Germany, you have organized supporters groups. Yeah. And obviously, if you get everybody doing something in unison, it's going to have... It's going to have more power, right? Here exactly. in the Premier League, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Here in the Premier League, you have these supporters clubs and the club make banners for them and plastic flags. You know, even when there are protests, it's like a couple people. It's never yeah. quite coordinated. And that's why visually, I think this has much more impact. I don't remember seeing Lionel Messi booed no, but by Barcelona, his own fans. Barcelona would never boo him, right? Argentina has had a very torrid relationship with Argentina fans. That is true. Far more. But, but yeah, it's not nice to see. The, just to finish quickly, the, the thing is, some of those ultras saying, oh, we want our PSG back. The, what, the one that almost went down? I don't want that PSG back. I understand there's a middle ground to find, maybe because they think, okay, this is only superstars and marketing now, which I get. But if you give me the, oh, we want our PSG yeah. back, you should not want that PSG the, back because that was a dreadful PSG. The one thing I want to say is I don't think anybody can question, you know, they're right. You can disagree with whether they should have given Messi such a hard time in particular or Neymar or whatever. Mm. But I always have to, we always have to remember that these guys were there before yeah. Leo and Nasser and Messi and Mbappe. And, and these guys will be there once these people are gone. Yeah. Yeah. We always have to remember who the club yeah, belongs for to. Sure. For sure. Inter slipped to third in Serie A after drawing 1-1 at Torino. And they were a bit lucky too as well in that game. How can this be the same Inter, that the one that played so well and, and won on field against Liverpool in midweek. So they were lucky because there was one of the most stonewall penalties yeah. you're ever going to see. My man Froggy, Andrea Ranocchia on Belotti. Uh, By the way, Belotti actually bad. played well in this game, really. Um, so yeah, Torino should have been 2-0 up at the end and then they, you know, they, they, they end up getting the, the, the equalizer late on. Um, I don't know how this can be the same team. I mean, I think 
Part of it is there's no bras. You had the bras at Anfield, but that alone can explain it. The mentality, um, the intensity, it was it was mad. And Simone Inzaghi saying, "Oh, why didn't I start Jekyll against Liverpool? Well, because I want to have him for this game. When he comes in at the end, I mean, I, I don't know. It's." It's a weird. Assist for Alexis, though, from Jekyll. It's a great assist. The, the, the yeah, yeah, it's fine. But why, why not see more of him then? Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, he's not getting any younger. That's a shame, yeah. Back to Paris Saint-Germain, just to twist the knife. Oh, Real Madrid no. play this evening in La Liga. But in the meantime, reports in Spain say they've reached an agreement in principle with Mbappe for 25 million euros a year after tax. It's about 48 million euros pre-tax, which is how most people um, define their wages. That's $52.5 million. Oh. It's Tom Brady money, more than 40 million pounds or just under 800 grand a week. Does this all ring true to you, Jules? I mean, the numbers. Are the PSG offering more money? I don't think, again, it's about the money is it true that he could have signed already or agreed already of course he could we we've said that before is he completely done we have with no answer from the Mbappe camp uh, after after seeing that report those reports and the news yes yeah maybe maybe it's true I don't know I I I've told you after the defeat against Real Madrid for me he's gone he's going well, before I had a bit of hope now I don't have any hope what I think is it's interesting is this I think this is even less than what Gareth Bale earns so with Gareth Bale going out of par, out of contract there's no trouble slotting him into that. Oh, yeah, that, for that's sure. That was been, yeah, definitely. Liverpool win away in uh, Brighton to keep the pressure on Manchester City, who play on Monday night against Crystal Palace. Gab, any idea how Robert Sanchez stayed on the pitch after nearly decapitating Luis Diaz? I have no idea. Uh, what is he saying first? I, I've been critical about of, of Liverpool's performances. Sometimes I thought, you know, they, yeah. they got the result while playing great. I thought they played great yeah, in this team. Did. I thought it was phenomenal. So impressed with Luis I have no, I have no, no idea. I don't know what VAR is doing, and, and I don't know why this is such an issue. I don't know what is <laughs> difficult about this. This is nothing personal against Robert Sanchez. That is a red card every, every single day. day of the week. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, here's another load of quick hits. Bayern are held 1-1 away to Hoffenheim. Jules, three wins in their last seven games for Julian Nagelsmann. Yeah, they did. Uh, I think they can play that game another 99 times, though, and they will win. They had so many chances. They hit the post. I don't understand how they didn't score more goals. And to be fair, Hoffenheim... That uh, weird goal line scramble. Oh, my God. (laughs) All of it. It And Hoffenheim were a really good team, as we said. They're in the race for top four finish. They've played really great lately. But there was only one team on the pitch, especially in the second half. And it's just Bayern lacking efficiency, which is not something that we've said a lot before, but it's something that we say more and more this season. And I think lacking Goretzka or Tolisso in the middle part, Musiala in that role is... I know, but they still create enough chances to win games. No, I know, but they end up with having like six dudes on the attacking line and like pumping goals. And then in the transition game... They suffer a little. Milan stayed up in Serie A, beating Empoli 1-0 and Gab. Once again, they owe it to a French guy. This time, it's Pierre Calulu. Do I need to ask if he's What Paris? a lovely goal as well. Amazing for a centre-back, <laughs> left-footed. I think it would have been his first ever goal. Do I need to ask if he's Paris born and bred? Uh, yeah, he's not. Oh, there uh, you go. There you go. Born and bred. Um, but yeah, they did not play well nope. in this game. That's but true. they got the three points in the bag. They stay top. Um... And it's pretty huge, especially with Inter dropping points. Weird vibes at Stamford Bridge on Sunday as Chelsea hosted Newcastle. A late Kai Havertz goal gives Chelsea all three points. But Jules, they were rather fortunate with the officiating, no? (laughs) I mean, massively. Kai Havertz. Okay, let's, let's... Applaud the goal first because that first touch is incredible. <laughs> the ball from Jorginho is fantastic, but the thank first you, touch. Georgie. Yeah. Thank you, Georgie. Why didn't he take it first time? Because he doesn't need to. Yeah, because I think he was he's so, so good that he's yeah, like- exactly. He knew I'm gonna just cushion it just there. 
Nice little first touch, and then it's an easy But if you were a finish. coach, you'd want your guy to take it first. Time. Yeah, especially as a left just, footer, it was easy for him to just open his body and hit it exactly. inside of his right, of his left foot in the goal. I just love the first touch. However, it should not have been on the pitch because that was a red card every single day, the elbow on Dan Byrne. And then I think Newcastle should have had a penalty too. So I was like, wow, if, if you're yeah. Newcastle and Eddie Howe, you're thinking like, this is not... A good afternoon no. from the referee and VAR. Newcastle 100% should have had a penalty that should have gone to VAR. I don't think there's anybody 100%. who can who can argue that. The Havertz one, the interesting one is Havertz and Byrne, they both have their elbows up. Um, I think it's like a millimeter that it's Byrne's elbow that doesn't I damage. Know, I, don't, I know it's awkward because Dan Byrne is the size of a building. But I agree with you. In the end, you got to deal with what happened. Exactly. Fortunate. Sticking with Chelsea, guy, Peter Cech says that the restrictions placed on the club after Roman Abramovich's asset were frozen are so severe that they may not be able to finish the season. Do you believe him? No, I don't believe him because I think it's in the government's interest. It's in the Premier League's interest. It's in everybody's interest. The government makes these rules. I think they did their sums. They've already shown flexibility with the away travel. People yeah. are like, oh, no, it's 20,000 pounds. Oh, what if they have to travel to coach. Kazakhstan? And, like, you know, haha. And, like, Tuchel makes a joke. Oh, I drive the minivan. Like, yeah, I mean, let's speak in realities here, right? Yeah. The Premier League and the government do not want Chelsea to become insolvent because that would cost the Premier League and the government a lot of money. Of so they're going to do everything they can. So. Let's move on with that and see yeah. where this goes. Yeah. Um, by the way, the irony not lost on anybody that they're playing Newcastle yeah. uh, in terms of regimes, but oh, of that's a whole other issue. Arsenal beat Leicester City to stay in the top four. Jules, they're one point clear of Manchester United in fifth, and they have three games in yeah. hand. As we mentioned before, those yeah. three games are against Chelsea and Spurs away, Liverpool at home. Uh, what What's your feeling? What's your vibe? The vibe is that they're playing well, uh, really well, even if Ramsdale had to put put up that amazing save in the first half, you know, but I thought they they, they moved the ball well. Uh, they, they, they've got that momentum, that confidence is great. They're in a very strong position. But those three games are huge. Of course, they're huge. There's a derby uh, and then there's Liverpool potentially without Mo Salah, which could make a difference, maybe. But still a, still a really, really good Liverpool side. So you could easily go with no points and then it would be so touch and go with the others in that race for top four. I for, just for, think that they still, they have to be the favourite still to finish fourth. For me, my, my biggest risk is I don't see that there's adequate cover in central midfield or up front for yeah, Lacazette. They don't have party and Chaka don't have to be injured or suspended. But they usually do get injured yeah, or suspended. No, no, but I'm saying is that is the biggest thing that can derail them True. between now and the end of the season. And big love, by the way, to Martino de Gard because that was another masterclass there. Barcelona beat up Osasuna 4 0 at the Camp Nou Gab. They are disrupted up in the first half, in the first 25 minutes, even. And Barcelona fans are so happy they forgot to boot Usman Dembele. Yeah, I know. I absolutely. It was so good. I, 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 Dembele was fantastic. That that assist, I mean, that was, go watch it. It's Messi, on YouTube. Yes. It's on whatever, ESPN Plus, whatever you get. Um, Ferran Torres, the, the, the non-recognized goal oh, scorer. There you go. Uh, I knew it. Whatever. Watching the game, I knew you were going to say that. Whatever. Alba also, Alba scored more goals for Barcelona than he has from Arsenal. Kind of makes you kind of makes you wonder a little bit, doesn't it? He needs one more goal, and then he will have scored in double figures in league goals, I think, for what, like a billion years yeah, in a row. So it's like 11 or 12. Um, and even Ricky Puch scored. So, I know, good, good, good day all round. Borussia Dortmund beat Arminia Bielefeld uh, 1-0. Thanks to a goal from Marius Wolf. Jules, they're seven points behind Bayern. But they have a game in hand. And they have the head-to-head, yeah. albeit in Munich. And, most importantly, Erling Haaland <laughs> and Gio Reyna are both back. They both they're came on. Back. They nearly scored. Dare yeah. to dream? We saw that counter-attack when Haaland uh, fed uh, Reyna. And I thought, okay, Reyna's got... No. But... Am I daring to dream? Absolutely not. Because it's Bayern, it's because it's Bayern and it's Borussia Dortmund and it's Marco Rosa and this team is going to lose next week to uh, grow to Firth or someone like that because that's what they do. They're so inconsistent. Also, I mean, Bielefeld, frankly, are terrible. They okay, have like terrible. six players out. Such a bad and, game. Yeah, I mean, completely. Victor Ozyman sees the show again for Napoli, who win 2-1 away to Verona to stay three points behind Milan. Yeah, they're not going away. No, they're not remind going us, away. Remind us about Ozyman. But with Ozyman, it's simple. The best is yet to come. And it's coming. He's scoring headed goals, which he didn't used to do before. Uh, His movement in the box, he's so smart. He's He's going to become Nigeria's Lewandowski, potentially. Uh, Look, I'm not his biggest fan at ESPN because that would be Don Hutchinson. But I am certainly right up there. 
Our boy Thomas Delaney grabs the equalizer for Sevilla away to Rayo. Oh. Jules, they're still second, but they were not good in this game. Barca closing behind. Again, yeah. Is the title challenge over? I told you it was over like six months ago. Okay. I said right, to you right. Sevilla would never, ever, ever be able to challenge Real Madrid. They've never had the consistency or even the, the, the attacking talent. So they're playing a lot with Europe as well. This, you know, this, is, this is not a surprise at all. Uh, back to the that Verona Napoli game, Gab. There was a pretty testless banner welcoming Napoli into town. This got a ton of attention. Um, I wish when players were, were racially abused, it got the same amount of attention. Um, but yeah, there was a banner. It wasn't at the stadium, it was near the stadium, um, which basically gave the coordinates for the city of, of Naples, you know, like latitude, yeah, longitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it kind of it had like the Russian and the Ukrainian flag and kind of inviting them to go and bomb Naples. Mm. Uh, this is really tasteless, especially now there's a war going on. I cut it out. I hope they find whoever did it and mm. say, you know what, whether you're a football fan or not, you're not coming into any stadium anywhere in the world ever again. West Ham beat Aston Villa 2-1, and Jules, Andrei Yarmolenko returns on the bench and scores. These were really, really touching scenes. It was incredible, really, the emotion that Yarmolenko and I think everybody within the ground uh, involved with West Ham uh, were feeling too. He had no play since, I think, mid-January. could not play since the start of the war because he was just not psychologically able to, ready to. And now he comes back, scores that goal, cries, have tears on, on his face. It was just incredible. And... And this is also, it shows you the strength that someone like Yarmolenko has. It's incredible. And all those Ukrainian players all around the world who are playing for their people, scoring goals or do their best and want to represent their country that way is, is pretty incredible. Juventus win 3-1 away to Sampdoria to stay fourth as Alvaro Morata scores twice, Gab. It's now 15 games unbeaten and they scored two goals in the first half with one shot on target. Come on. Yeah, it's so Juve. It's efficient. I actually think overall there were signs of progress. They, they did better. Vlavic came off the bench when the teamed up with Moise Can. they moved the ball better Artur and Locatelli did their thing in midfield still. no they played better than in previous outings I don't think they get where they want to be but hey and Chesney saved the pen 15 games unbeaten mm. horrible weekend for Bayer Leverkusen Jules they lose yeah. the Derby de Köln at home 1-0 and Florian Wirtz suffers a bad injury yeah bad ACL really that will keep him up for months I think he might even miss the World Cup or suddenly come back maybe too short before it uh, it's, it's terrible because he's been so good as well this season, even playing as a force nine recently because Patrick Schick was, uh, was injured and Lucas Alario is not very good. Um, so it is, it, is, it is a big blow as well, I think, for them. And you know, we said that race for, for, that, for that top four, third and fourth place, is, is heating up massively. So really, really bad weekend for them. Roman in the penalty deep in injury time to avoid defeat away to Udinese. Gab Mourinho, which obviously not his fault, is angry about the inconsistency. <laughs> I see what you did. Back there. on the bench, and guess can, what? They don't win. Can I say something? We got honest Mourinho. Um, they were really, honest. really. Well, I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to be kind today. Okay, I was okay. kind yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, you were very kind, kind to Mourinho. Today. Yeah, yeah. No, look, he does have a point. Um, they didn't deserve. Didn't deserve a point Definitely in this not. game. Definitely not. Udinese played really, really well. Great goal from Nawal uh, Molina. Um, he needs to figure out why they are so up and down, and he needs to do it in, in double quick time um, yeah. because they are, you know, they're level with Atalanta on points. I don't think they're going to make top four, but they can finish the season. But they can also slip behind Lazio yeah, coming up in the rearview mirror. Yeah. Now, this is way back on Friday. It feels like a lifetime ago, but Atletico Madrid beat Cadiz 2 1 with goals from Jean Felix and Rodrigo de Paul. Jules, they, these two guys are coming up big yeah, down the stretch. I wouldn't yeah. have, I I wouldn't have thought necessarily these two. The Paul in his first season, Joao Felix yeah, doesn't really yeah, fit the athletic vibe. And I know five in five now for Joao Felix. The Joao Felix show really big mistake by the goalkeeper. If you haven't seen the goal, go go and check it out. But his finish is great. His whole performance I thought was really good. This is what when he's in that kind of form, is an amazing player to have in your team. Whoever he plays for. This is good because it comes at this time of the season, before the United game, before the end of the season and the final sprint where they're going to fight for, for that top, top four um, place finishes. It's, it's just it's, it's good and that was a good win for them. So let's see if Joao Felix can keep that form going, to be fair. Yeah, Manchester City kick off in a few hours' time against Crystal Palace. Do you know who City top scorer is this season? And are you surprised? Whoever that is, is out of contract in June 2023. Why, yes, it's Riyad Mahrez. Of I course, did not, my boy. Paris born and bred. Yes. I did not know it was him, but it's interesting because he's 31, which 
I'm assuming means he's going to be 32 when his contract expires. Uh, you know my thoughts on this. The wonderful thing from City's perspective is that nobody, everybody's important, nobody's essential to this team. And yeah. neither is Riyad Mahrez, even though he's the top goal scorer uh, this season. And they can go and give him an offer, short extension, whatever, whatever they think makes sense for them. And, and if you're Mahrez, if you want to play more, maybe go somewhere else. Uh, who knows? You but you know, they, they hold all the cards, really. Yeah. Jules, Ligan offers so much. Oh, yes. We have psychodrama in Paris, tearjerkers in Bordeaux, yeah. and one of my favorite sitcoms, Peter Boss and his packet in uh, Lyon. What's this week installment? They got slaughtered, battered by Rennes and Pep Genesio. Obviously, we came back to Lyon with Rennes, uh, and Rennes just literally picked them apart. It was quite incredible to watch in that first half, especially they were 3-0 down, 4-0 down early in the second half and then they scored two goals, one right at the end, a penalty that no one wanted to take, even for Lyon. It's one of those games where you where you think, okay, they played well at Porto and won in midweek and then this is terrible and you think, why is Peter Bosch doing? Like, you know, why, why can't he get them to play with consistency, the same rhythm, the same intensity? It might not all be Bosch's fault or, you know, his, his bald head. But this is... This is a big problem, and you can't you can't rely on him and tr trust him when he can't get that from his team. Not even the packet could fix it. The packet was poor. The packet has been poor in 2022, well, apart from the goal in in Porto. Well, the packet hurt his head against. He hurt his Porto, head. Remember? That's true, but still, you know, still. Hertha Berlin love to be different. Gab, as uh, we know, they're fighting to avoid relegation and have just recalled to so the shocked Corker, their manager, and have all recalled Felix Magath to the bench. We last saw him in China. Is he his third? He's the third manager that they had this season or something crazy like that. Well, the weird thing is, so in the last 10 years, since 2012, yep. he's had two brief stints. He was in China in 2015-16. I think it was Shandong Luneng. Um, it wasn't good. Finished sixth. And then before that, I think in 2014 was the time he was at, at Fulham. Fulham, he ended course, up Great stories, that. He ended up rowing with everybody, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't understand what you're doing. Yeah, a tough guy scored a winner Surely in a European Cup final, shouts at everybody. <laughs> uh, is this really what, what you need? I, I I seriously wonder about, obviously, they've had things going on behind the scenes at the club. Yeah. But, um, but man, like it seems like such an odd, odd choice. Now, all of a sudden, let's bring weird. in the drill sergeant to just shout at everybody. Because they can stay up. They, they're not, it's not like if they were 15 points behind. So, you know, they, they still can stay up or, or bring the place for, for the playoff, the regression playoff. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Leeds United beat uh, Norwich 2-1. Big win for Jesse Marsh. It's his first one. First one in the Premier League. Big win in terms of relegation, whatever. Gab Gelhart comes in. I yeah. um, uh, Sets up that goal. But um, he said that this is a moment he's going to remember in his deathbed. Now, Jesse, <laughs> love we haven't met. It's and so I realize good. that... You went to Princeton, so probably imagination. Stop it. I'm going to imagine Don't listen, just. on your deathbed, you will remember other things that you will go on to achieve greater things in life than a win over Norwich. That is the emotion. It's what it means to I him. I can't, to I can't, Road, I can't because the scenario was crazy. They were 1-0 up cruising. They should have scored four or five goals. Hit the post, hit the bar, everything you want. Then Norwich scored and we think, okay, this is one all. They've dropped two more points. Marsh still hasn't won. And then almost on the kickoff, Rafinha and Gela uh, combine. And Gela, the 19-year-old from the academy as well. What, what a beautiful... Symbol. Keller, by the way, he Score looks like video. such a big teenage kid. Like he's really talented. Like, he's so good. So well done, Jesse. Well done. Don't listen to Gab and the whole Princeton trolling, please. By the way, nothing to do with Princeton. Um, but <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> we didn't mention before that uh, obviously all the bids are coming in for Chelsea, and yeah. one of them is actually from an Englishman, a rare possible Englishman. Yes, it's Nick Candy. The candy man. Of course, man. the candy yes, man. Yes, this yeah. guy's a property developer. Yeah, that's right. Uh, local to the area. Um, just one of many. I, I just can't wait for like you know people to sing the candy season, band song. Season ticket holder as well. Um, I think he's got season tickets at numerous. He said clubs. his dad was was asked to play for Chelsea, 
Would you, who, who, what do you mean he was asked to play for Chelsea? What, like a charity game or something? I don't know. Maybe this is, is one it, of those and what, stories. And he refused. Well, who would refuse to play for Chelsea? It's one of those stories about how like Amanda Staveley, when she was like 12, was like the British sprint champion in her age group. I don't know. But it's more like it's a justification for how much she loves the club. Oh, yeah, my dad was asked to play here. What, I don't know, maybe about who, when, when, like how, what he said no or something, or did he play or not? <laughs> Just one goal for my boy Christopher and Kunku, but it doesn't matter because Leipzig destroy Grotefurt 6-1 to move into a tie for fourth with Freiburg and Hoffenheim. Just one point behind Leverkusen in third, we were talking before about that top race, a uh, top four race in Germany, Gab, the Tedesco effect continues. Yes, there's obviously a Jesse Marsh angle to this one because yeah, he was yeah. managing Leipzig early this year, not very well. Uh, Tedesco's done a lot better. Um, I, I'm just going to use this moment for a little bit of reflection about how people love to go and issue summary sentences on managers based on a few months at the club, right? So when Tedesco went to Schalke, first mm -hmm. you're like, oh, look, he's good. Then like, oh, look, he's terrible, negative, blah, blah, blah. And then like, oh, look, Leipzig is going to stink. No, he was actually really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the first one to, and I was a bit skeptical. Marsh, the same thing, right? Yeah. Oh, Salzburg, he's died in the wall. And then he's at Leipzig. Oh, no, he's terrible. Now he goes to Leeds. Oh, look, now he's good again. Like, I, somebody made the analogy that, you know, we don't see the work a manager does. We just see it. He says it, the analogy, it's like looking through a mirror, mm. right? You just see the reflection of his work on the pitch, almost like it was, if it was a mirror, but it's not a nice, smooth mirror. It's an all crinkly mirror that's weird and, 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 and it might be broken, might be cracked, it's bent, it's warped. Yeah. We don't really know. And so when you judge a manager and his work, you know, you need to give it the right distance, I think. And yeah, this applies yeah, to Tedesco, it applies to Marsh, it applies to yeah, all of them. Except for Felix Magas and Peter Bosch. We're pretty sure about those guys. Yeah. Jules, a sad story out of France regarding former Paris Saint-Germain midfielder Bruno Rodriguez. Yeah, stri striker actually, Gab. He played for PSG, for Metz, for Bastia. He was a good, you know, like a good top flight player, uh, scoring goals and everything. He's 49 now and he had to have his, uh, his leg amputated. Um, Amputated. Amputated. Uh, he had a, an ankle injury when he was playing that actually he had to stop his career against. He had to play with a lot of injections because some of the clubs he was at insisted on him playing. Uh, and since he retired, so I don't know, 20 years ago, let's say roughly, uh, kept having those horrible pains in his leg and they tried to try surgery, tried everything. And now he, they, they could not find a way of him not being in pain with his with that with that leg because of that ankle injury originally and all the injections so the only way was to cut his leg which i find it in our day and age completely crazy yeah and, and again it's not like the it's it's not like bruno rodriguez played in the 50s like you said yeah this exactly and i go to the best doctors and everything no one could find i go back to this point about doctors this is a general point it's not about him but i am really surprised how many top footballers less and less now yeah yeah, yeah. but still when they right. pick up an injury they go see the club doctor mm. who then sends them to his mate the surgeon right who he knows this is a massive conflict of interest yeah, this is. is your body um please seek out independent yeah. medical advice and if the club uh gets in your way and says no you have to go see our guys yeah then you know speak to your, to your union rep because yeah, this is not acceptable remember ricky alvarez of course, yeah, former interlegend Ricky Alvarez. Who, who would not remember? Well, Sunderland are suing his lawyers for £20 million, according to the Daily Mail, as a result of his signing back in 2014. No, it's better than that, Jules. Sunderland are suing their own lawyers for £20 million. Oh, my God. I, their own lawyers? Yeah, so this is, this is what happens. So Ricky what? Alvarez, um, in the dark days when Inter were buying terrible players, which is most of Inter's history, they signed this guy, didn't quite know what to do with him, left-footed, skillful player, yeah. not suited to Serie A. So what did they do? Oh, let's send him to Sunderland. Gustavo Poya uh, signed him, and I think he got sacked afterwards. Uh, this guy gets there, and they had a clause where it was a loan, but the loan would become a permanent deal, I think 14 million pounds, um, if, he played, if, he played, if, if Sunderland stayed up. Which again, a stupid, stupid deal because what happened was it wasn't based on him playing. He got there, he was injured, he hardly played. When he played, he was terrible. Um, Sunderland, <laughs> though, did stay up. And so they had to go and they had to pay £14 million pounds, uh, to Inter. I mean, seriously, the only time Inter come out ahead on yeah. transfers is when they deal that with the one. club that's even worse run. Yeah. Um, but 
Sunderland argued that you know he needed a knee up, need was a knee surgery that they didn't disclose to the club, uh, that they should have known about, and so they they lodged an appeal saying that we don't need to pay this money. They lost the case. They could they Sunderland could have then appealed to the Court of Arbitration for Sports, which yeah. is sort of the Supreme Court, um, and they hired a fancy law firm named Mishkondorea, which is one of the biggest, most prestigious law firms here in the UK, uh, to advise them on it. Mishkondorea decided not to launch the appeal uh, at with the Court of Arbitration for Sports. Sunderland are saying, wait, you should have done the appeal. We would have won. You cost us 20 million pounds. There's an enormous amount of money, yeah, uh, yeah. even for a law firm like Mishkondorea. Mishkondorea... Why did they launch the appeal? Do we know? So according to reports, Mishkondorea didn't do it because they said the appeal was completely baseless and we would have lost. Uh, that's why we didn't launch it. So... You know wow. my thoughts on lawyers, yeah, well, right? Even I, you, their own lawyers as well. It's even worse. I, I, I think it's funny. It's a bunch it of is. it's a bunch of lawyers going after each other. Oh, I think wow. it's hilarious. Ajax won on Friday night, and they have a huge game coming up midweek in the oh, Champions League yes. against Benfica. But Jules, the Mirror reporting that Eric Ten Hag has expressed a willingness to take over at Manchester United. Oh, there's a shock. Yeah. And he would be open to having Ralph Rangnick on his staff. Yeah. Wow, yeah, and I believe they've, they've spoken already. Listen, we know that he's going to be a contender, him and Pochettino, of course. We know they might even actually be the only two and they're going to pick one or the other and that no one would be involved, not Brandon Rogers, not, I don't know, Zinedine Zidane or whoever else you want to put, to throw there. I don't know if you would go to Ten Hag. I think if Ron Rangnick wants to stay at the club and still have power, it'd be better for him to have Ten Hag as a coach than to have Pochettino as a coach. But I love the stuff. Oh, he can be on my staff. What? And then, yeah, the staff bit uh, is a bit yeah. like... Mm, hey, Ralph, put yeah. out the cones. Come on, man. Ralph, Ralph, the bibs. Ralph, you left the bibs in the uh, the cupboard. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Atalanta held a home by Genoa. Gab, this isn't really a surprise, not so much from the Atalanta point of view, but because Genoa have drawn an incredible seven games in Arona in Serie A. Yeah, this is... I, look, Atalanta have been really, really inconsistent. I mean, even in midweek, they played Bayer Leverkusen in the oh, Europa League. They won 3-2. They, they could have scored six or seven. Easy. They conceded stupid goals, but at least they won. Um, now they play Genoa at home. Genoa, since Alexander Blessings uh, come in, undefeated in seven <laughs> games. The problem is they just seven won points. points. Exactly. They're still stuck there near the bottom of the table, and uh, they played really well in this game. Uh, Blessing said, I think we deserve to win. I think he's 100% right. Yeah. Uh, we'll see where this goes. Oh, he's really, awesome. they're, playing, they're playing well, but if you don't score, you don't yeah. win. Jules, as you know, I could care less about this story. But the Ballon d'Or rules have changed. Yeah, I do care. And I think they're important changes. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, the fact that instead of being on, on a calendar year, which was always a bit strange because mm -hmm. what, you judge on half of a season and then the other half of the other season, pretty much. Now it's on a whole season. So from the... From uh, August on a whole European say, season. On right? a European season. Okay, exactly. that's inclusive. August, okay. to, August to May. Um, that's when he's, that's when you're going to judge. Uh, they're now August to May, so no World World Cup because that's in July, unless it's in Qatar. Well, no, but that would be part of the season. Okay. So, you know, right, right. Um, then you're narrowing the pool of people who can vote. Uh, so you can't have all 200 and what is it? Federal, like, 211. Yeah. Uh, I think you'll be the, the top 100 in the right. FIFA rankings. Because if your so national team is good, that means you're more qualified, no, right? It's just a way of tr managing to narrow the pool without. You know, because I think they, they thought too many people were voting. It's not about good voters or bad voters. It's too many voters. Right. So to reduce it, they thought it was okay. better to do it that way. Uh, what you else? could be God's gift to football, but you happen to be from Liechtenstein. So sorry. <laughs> no World Cup vote for you. Okay, no, no, go on. Unless Liechtenstein breaks into the top 100, which is mm. possible. Because if the Liechtenstein day. players are really good, that means that their Ballon d'Or jurors are going to be really good. You reward for the yeah, Ballon d'Or. Okay. Uh, what else? It's, it's on individual performances. So, you know, all that BS about... Oh, what you've won and if you're fair play and if you're elegant if you speak French or whatever <laughs> that doesn't count anymore uh, the, I think there was another one but yeah you know. right, whatever okay. whatever okay a lot of clubs are trying to help the situation in Ukraine as we know Gab so tell us what Juventus have done yeah I was struck by this because as you know I've been critical of Juve and their image and yeah. the some of the things that they've done, which are unseemly here, they did something good. And what I like about this is this didn't come from the club. This isn't some PR person at the club, but employees of the club have said, hey, look, we have like half a dozen buses here 
unless they're ferrying the, the men's team or the women's yeah. team around, they don't really do anything. Let's fill them up with supplies. One thing we're not lacking in Italy is a lot of canned goods and, yeah, and yeah. food. Let's fill them up with supplies. Let's talk to humanitarian aids. Let's drive them to the border. In this case, it was a border with Hungary. Um, and let's take refugees uh, who are fleeing the war in, in, in Ukraine to Italy. So this all came organically from staff people at the club. And then oh, later the club yeah, said, okay, good. sure, yeah, we'll let you have it, and so on. This is not a photo op. It's not Giorgio Chiellini waving, pretending to drive the bus to yeah, Hungary. Yeah. They did this. This was real. Um, so credit yeah, to Juve to on this one, yeah. uh, Juve staff. All right, Jules, that brings us to an end. But oh. what do we say? We come back on Thursday, do this all over again. Yes. Because it's the Champions League. Champions. There you go. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash gabjewels now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels.